Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. I'm your host. I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week. Therefore, it's another episode. Today's episode... I'm joined by Troy Saunders of Mastodon and Killer Be Killed. And Troy joined me remotely uh, from his home in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, And we have a wonderful chat, as you're about to hear. Um, Before we get on with that chat, just a few thank yous. Um, Big love to Scroobius Pip and everybody at the Distraction Pieces Network. And huge thanks to 76 for producing this podcast. And if this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track podcast, then um, once you finish listening to my chat with Troy, um, why not go and have a look in the archives? And uh, you can access probably close to 200 episodes now um, with artists as diverse as Public Enemy to Deftones uh, to a Spy Skill um, to Daniel P. Carter through to actors such as Maxine Peake, Amanda Abington, um, yeah, comedians, James Acaster, Ed Gamble, um, yeah, all manner of um, amazing creatives and uh, and there's some really good chats to be enjoyed. So um, go and have a, a look in the archives when you get to the end of this episode. And uh, and if that's not enough for you, then you can also support the podcast because this is a labour of love and, uh, and I do have an accompanying Patreon page where... I put up bespoke episodes over there, uh, four radio shows each week, uh, video episodes. So you can go over there and uh, and you can support the podcast for something like 87p a week uh, to get all of that content each week. And, uh, and it really does help because this, like I say, this is a labour of love. And uh, yeah, okay, well I think that's uh, all the intro stuff done so um, I can get back to back to business and it gives me great pleasure to uh, to say this please enjoy off the beaten track podcast with troy saunders it's off the beaten track podcast on the distraction pieces network with me stew with him okay we're recording sitting opposite me today troy saunders hello Good morning. It's morning time here. It is, isn't it? So where, where are you, Troy? I'm in uh, a remote facility in Atlanta, Georgia. I mean, it's uh, it's a pretty interesting time to be in the States right now, right? It is very interesting, yeah. It's, uh, uh, yeah, are you, uh, I don't know if, uh, I guess you're familiar. I, I forget sometimes that the U.S. is always on a worldwide uh, platform, you know, for attention. Um that never came 
uh, evident to me until we started traveling all over. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, in my adult life, there's, uh, today is right in the smack middle of a, an election count. And, uh, it's a very divided time Yeah. in the United States. And you throw, uh, uh, a pandemic situation that's only getting worse, I believe, than as opposed to getting better with uh, another potential lockdown looming for us as well. It's, uh, yeah, it's very bizarre. And so, you know, and so I'll, I'll ask you, Troy, like, how have you found the last sort of six, seven months as, you know, as, as, a, as a human being, as a family man, and as a professional? Well, the best thing that's come out of it, uh, was um, being able to, well, there's many pros and cons of when March 2020 happened and uh, all touring plans were wiped out. Um, it's like, okay, we're not going to, we're not going to work and have any income this year, but we're going to be at home a lot more. And uh, for me personally, it was a great time to, to work on loads of music that has, that was already in progress. So I was able to make the most of it. And I hope a lot of other people were as well. Um, just taking advantage of the opportunity. Absolutely. A, lot, a handful of my friends were able to like tackle big projects around their house, you know, and, and, and large like chores to do lists and things. But uh, I know a lot of people have read books, caught up on movies and documentaries. Um, I mean, you got to make the most of it if you're not going to be able to work. Um, I know a lot Certainly. of people are fortunate to still be working, but uh yeah, just try to turn it into whatever you can. Yeah. Keep some forward momentum happening. Definitely, man. Definitely. Otherwise it's it's easy to get uh to get bogged down easily, man. In the uh, in the negative aspect of it all. Absolutely. Well, one of the positives that I guess a lot of people have lent on during these times is is music. So, um I'm going to ask you about some records now. And uh and for track 1 of today's playlist, Troy, I want to ask you the song that you regard as having the greatest ever intro. The greatest ever intro. Well, that's um, wow. That's a great question. Of course, for me, growing up and learning how to play bass guitar, my first uh, batch of lessons was sitting in my room listening and learning Metallica records. Um, and of the three main reasons I picked up bass guitar, one of them was the ferocity of Cliff Burton. So the song off of Kill 'Em All, Metallica's Anesthesia Pulling Teeth, it uh, it fades in um, to to such a a, a, um, a a upbeat rocking groove. It's just bass and guitar, um, and then it explodes into the into the uh, the massive sound and tone and, and the ultimate ferocity of what Cliff Burton was capable of doing. So for me, that hit me at an early age, right at the beginning of my musical uh, relationship with the bass guitar. So uh, for me, it would have to be Metallica's Anesthesia Pulling Teeth has the greatest intro. Incredible song showcasing the, the, rare, the rare showcasing of, uh, of a bass guitar. And uh, I think it exemplifies the, the madness and, and, and potential that uh, Cliff Burton was able to share with the world in his short life. Wonderful. So Troy, as we as as we sort of talk about intros and, and and crafting songs and trying to kind of hook people, you know, at the very beginning of a track, how have you found 
creating music from when you first started to to, to the current project, which we, we'll obviously talk about. Um, how have you found? Have you changed your approach to songwriting and, and intros in regards to the way that people consume music now? Is very very fast, very very lots of options, and and you might like this, you might like this if you're streaming it on Spotify or, or all these things. There's constant distractions, and I just wonder has that, that had any effect on how you, you you craft your records or you start your records now? Uh, myself and all bandmates included, we do recognize the uh, the immediacy that is present now more than ever um, with with the world of music at your fingertips. If you're not interested in the first eight seconds of a song, it's one click, you're on to the next. Um, so I do understand that completely. However, I feel that we're always just trying to find the to create what is the the best feel. Um, whatever it takes for the greater good of the song itself. Um, so, and ultimately we're in this for ourselves and we want to love every bit of it. So if we feel this opening riff is just great and it's just, it's going to bring you in, um, we're going to keep it to how it feels good to us and not cater to, um, to an idea of, Hey, that, that riff goes six times before the vocals kick in. Sure. Uh, we should, we should get that, uh, shorter to, um, to, to, to not, deter any listeners but uh we don't think like that if it feels good to us we're going to go for it Absolutely. and uh it's a, there's going to riffs and bits and pieces and sounds are going to be there for a reason so i guess no to answer your question we don't really cater our song craft towards the immediacy of today's listener wonderful that's a good answer track two troy the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you Um, it was very obvious at a young age when I was turned on to, I was consuming any and all music that I could, but, uh, the world of MTV was fresh in the 1980s and was exploding with music videos. Um, and I was fully immersed in that world. I would say it's a tie between Joan Jett and Madonna because of their, uh, well, they were two of the biggest artists in the world at the time. And, um, you know, Madonna, I think everyone can agree, had a massive sex appeal and her songs were good. And one of her slower songs, Live to Tell, I remember uh, kind of made me tingly all over. Um, perfect age, perfect song. Her voice had the perfect breathy tone. Her outfits were quite revealing at the time. Still are, I believe. Um, that in conjunction with the uh, the rawness and uh, simple punk rock uh, vibe that Joan Jett projected and had and still has. Um, her cover of Crimson and Clover, I remember just 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 rap, grabbed me, sunk its sunk its nails in, and pulled me in, and. Uh, I remember I still still a great cover, but um, yeah, that's that's where my uh, my love affair with power ballads might have started. But, um, you know, she was rough and she was punk and she was sexy. Madonna, gorgeous. Her songs were extremely sensual. So those would be the first two songs that I recognize having an emotional 
impact on me cool. as a young man. And I guess you, you look at Madonna back then, and you know, if you're going to look at punk as a as an attitude, she was punk as fuck, wasn't she? Like you know, yeah. She um, I, I still I, I she's so rad, and um, um, yeah, I, that was a uh, that was just raw. Mm. And um, what she was doing, and uh, was fortunate enough to, to share a stage with with her at a one of the Japanese festivals a couple of years ago, and it was just so cool to see her um, still doing what she does. I don't yeah. know. I'll, I'll be alive. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A long fan of Joan Jett for sure. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so where was where was you then? Where was home? I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, here in the southeast United States. How was that? Where I'm uh, where I'm sitting uh, right now. Nice place to grow up. I would say so. Um, yeah, we had uh, we had all four seasons. It's generally on the warmer side, but there was you know, the weather and the temperature was able to experience all the seasons. It would get cold. The spring was, was warmed up. The hot summers were hot. Fall was gorgeous. Uh, changing of the tree, you know, colors of trees, um, fall foliage. And then, uh, and then a, uh, a quick, but cold winter. So that was cool. Um, so yeah, Georgia's great. I, I, I'll always call Atlanta home. So. And you, and you touched on like, um, Joan Jett, Madonna, and MTV, you know, being key to to you know to the the, the early part of your love affair with music. Um, aside from what you was watching on MTV, was there records on at home? You folks playing tunes and stuff like that. Was you you know exposed to music that like that as well? Yeah, I was I was turned on to classic country music, which is still um, one of my uh, you know my top go to when I want to listen to music. Classic country in the sense of Willie Nelson, George Jones. Um, Merle Haggard, that that group of classic country, um, that was not always playing around the house, but that was prevalent um, from my mom's musical tastes, and she was also very much into classical music, as she always has been and still is a part 
she plays French horn in a wind quintet and she's always been, uh, you know, that they've, they've been playing in, uh, classical music forever. And, um, so I was turned on to classical and, and, and classic country growing up. And then the MTV explosion, uh, turned me on to, to pop dance, all the one hit wonders, headbangers ball that obviously drew me in. And, uh, so I give a lot of credit to, to, to the, to the, incredible era of early MTV. And uh, it's such a bummer that something like that doesn't exist right now as a full-time platform. There's so much out there, so much out there. And, uh, but regardless, um, it did wonders for me and and my trajectory of life. For track three, the song that reminds you of your time at school. School feels like a life ago. Um, I think the uh, it would be the variety of uh, of the one hit wonders that um, that are amazing. If you ever go and no matter what decade your school was, you know your upbringing or your childhood years, you go back and you find those one hit wonders that stick out like like a Michael Jackson song would or a Madonna song or something that's an, from an enormous artist. But uh, throughout the eighties, there was a slew of one hit wonders that uh, still get airplay today. And when you hear the song, you can sing along the whole thing. But then someone says, who is that? Who, who sings this? And like, you know what? I have no idea. And you've heard it hundreds of times in your life. So you could actually, you know, there's lists available online of, you know, the most popular one hit wonders of this decade, that decade and the other. Um, and uh, there's too many to mention, but um, I don't know if the band of the outfield from the eighties, if they were UK or based or not, their singer just died a couple weeks ago and um, their song, your love is still a, a pop hit that's played. I hear it in stores and, you know, I hear it all, all the time. Um, that's just one of dozens and dozens. Uh, Martika toy soldiers is still an incredible song that I revisit on my own quite a bit. And uh, uh, Alphaville, um, uh, Dexys midnight runners, there's there's so many, you know, that had just an enormous hit, and then wound up putting out other records as well in their career, mm. but uh, were kind of never heard from since. So, I'm fascinated by that, but uh, I don't have a specific answer to your question. I would say it's it's a multitude of one hit wonders from the 1980s that reminds me of uh, of my time growing up. I'm I'm fascinated by one hit wonders, and and I, what I think is incredible is how they become ingrained in the fabric of, you know, music, and and how like. You know, I'll be driving along sometimes with my kids in the car and, and, and this, you know, a one-hit wonder will come on the radio and they're like, you know, 15 and and they sing along. And I just think, how on earth do you know this? It's like, you know, this was, this come out when I was a kid and it's like, it's crazy, man. How these songs find their way, you know? And They do and they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll prove the test of time, won't they? And, and you said, you touched on like the outfield there and there's a few one-hit wonders that, didn't kind of have the impact in 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 the UK they did in the states and whenever I watch kind of TV shows uh, you know and like where they will count down these one it wonders there's is it called Jesse's girl like that's huge in the states right yeah over here nothing man it really? like, it just it's just not got that kind of it didn't have the impact like it's always like top five one it wonders in the states that record and like it's a great tune but like in the UK, I don't even know if it even went in the charts. Wow. 
the artist escapes me, but uh, you know, eight six seven five three oh, nine. Yeah, <laughs> that one's still popular with you, right? Over there? Yeah, yeah. It's weird though, Maybe. man. It, like it's 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 there, it exists, but it just weren't like a huge, huge hit. Yeah. Uh, uh so touching on school, uh Troy, like how did you find that? Do you enjoy school? I did enjoy school. Um, I guess because I enjoyed being social and uh I wasn't troubled. So uh and I Looking back, thankfully, I was I was really interested in, in befriending people from every clique or, or genre of, of persons. You know, I was fascinated by the potheads and I was fascinated by the jocks and I was fascinated by the drama kids. And then uh, I wanted to be friends with any of the goth kids that would befriend me. So I was it was fascinating, you know, and I think that was just leading to uh, to an overall uh, tolerance and 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 curiosity of what makes other people tick. Yeah, that's you know healthy. instead of just singling them out uh, because they're different. So I, I feel that's that reflecting back. I think that's great because I, that's that's how I am now. And, and uh, so to answer your question, yeah, I enjoyed school. You know, was you a creative kid? Yes. I'm sorry. Was you a creative kid? I don't feel I was very creative as a kid. Um, I was just into. Uh, uh, sports played sports all the way up until uh, I found the bass guitar. So I don't think any creativity started happening until way later. Uh, I wasn't, I couldn't draw very well. Um, yeah. I don't think the creativity was kicking for, for quite a while. <laughs> was you, was you a confident kid? I think so. I was shy. I still am, I believe, but, uh, I think confidence was, was there, you know, a relatively decent amount of self-esteem, I believe. I mean, you, you know, you, you've had a very successful career in a very difficult industry to, to break through in. Um, what about drive? Are you, are you very driven? Absolutely. Um, that was evident. Uh, I recognize that in myself the day I was able to, uh, obtain a driver's license at age 16, um, that morning on my birthday, I went to get my driver's license. And later that day, I found a group of friends from a classified ad in the back of a local newspaper to go join a band. So I got my driver's license and drove to my first band practice in the same day. So I feel like I was very driven and thankfully still am. Yeah. Yeah. Track four, the first song you remember buying from a record store. That would be the, the, the full album called Business as Usual from the artist Minute Work. Was that was that... my first album. I had, I, had, I had $10 saved up from mowing the grass and doing my home chores. And that was at the time when Down Under was the biggest song in the world. I was able to go to the record shop and spend my $10 and I purchased Business as Usual. And I still listen to that record quite often. Um, 38 years later, yeah, 28 years later, whatever that is. It's insane. How important, you know, as you started to kind of get into to music and such, um, uh, sort of after school and stuff, like how, how important did record stores become as a place for you? Uh, just a, a wonderful reprieve of, um, 
where to where to discover and immerse yourself in music. Um, uh, I couldn't tell you which one specifically, but there were so many times I would go in for a certain cassette or album, and I would hear something and say, "What's this? Oh, that's the new so and so. Oh, that sounds great. I want that." Or just seeing the album cover with artwork that pulls you in yeah. without knowing who the artist is. Um, that was monumental, you know, as far as feeding your curiosity for, for new new sounds. Um, that's why th- to this day, we're always adamant about doing anything and everything we can for each and every record store day that happens, not only in April, but the November one as well. Because for those independent stores that still are there, I think record store day is 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 incredible to uh, to have all these releases that are exclusive for that, and all it does is benefit these stores and helps keep them uh, relevant and attractive and in business um, because it's it's changed so much over the years, understandably. But uh, those those vinyl shops that still exist are are very important to the to the to the community and of, of music and anywhere you can go and find a shop like that and walk in you smell the smells and you hear the sounds yeah. and i don't know man i know it's might may sound a bit nostalgic but that's you know life-changing subtle life-changing moments can happen in record stores 100 percent, 100 percent. just you touching on albums now i just want to go back to to, to something that we, we 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 started the chat with um in regards to you know the way that people consume music now um whereas lots of people don't buy albums now they'll go onto itunes and cherry pick you know a couple of tracks when you approach releasing an album do you still approach it as a body of work as a piece of art as an album in its entirety absolutely yeah it's it's a top to bottom experience um we've yet to succumb or 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 feed into the idea of just releasing singles and singles um and i don't feel that we're being stubborn and embracing that this new this new outlook of, of releasing music i just think we you know as always at the end of the day we want to love it internally the four you know the guys in the band need to be proud of it and love it from start to finish and i still think that we value the art of the album from top to bottom uh as a body of work more importantly than just a handful of uh, of bits or singles so i think we're still pretty dead set on on the idea of of an album in its entirety good good stuff for track five I've I've seen like uh, your answer to this, and you won't be the first to answer uh, like this. Um, when I ask people uh, what was the song that soundtracked their years clubbing, uh, lots of people, especially a lot of musicians, didn't go clubbing; they went gigging. So I- I'll tweak the question, and uh, and I'd like to sort of explore that further and just kind of get a taste for for what kind of venues you was hanging out in and what kind of bands you see early on. Well, I started playing in bands actively at age 16 when I could drive myself to band practice. Um, But I think I was just fully immersed in the world of finishing school and then going to band practice and hanging out with my friends and working on the originals that we were working on and all the covers that we were doing as well, which was quite normal to do um, and fun. Um... And then we were just trying to get gigs and being under 21, 
there was only a handful of places you could do. Uh, but thankfully, back then and to this very day, I share the same attitude and drive with my bandmates of, hey, let's get this stuff together and bring it to the people and go out there and have an experience and have a little fun. So, yeah, there was no clubbing and dancing. I still can't dance, really. But uh, maybe I'll take a salsa lesson this fall or something. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the, we were just trying to get active and, and move forward. And what's the next step? And how do we get to the next level? That was just, it seems, as I reminisce, that seems to be the, the, the attitude that was, that was prevailing. Like, what can we do next? We need more songs. How can we get another show? What other local bands can we open for? That's the that's the that's what I remember most about the first bands I was in. What about some of the bands? Was there any kind of gigs that that you think you left that venue going? Fuck that! That made a dent. You know, seeing a band that 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 kind of shook you to your core. Like, because there any sort of memories of bands that you saw that just stopped you in your tracks? Oh yeah, uh, I was uh, basically any rock concert that came to town. I went. I was there. Um, of all the bands, I guess the big ones were the, you know, were the heavy hitters, the, the Queensryche, the Def Leppard, the Metallica, the Van Halen, um, the Alice Cooper, Scorpions, over and over and over, every time they'd roll through. I was fascinated by, I guess, you know, arena rock and the magnitude that, that, it, that it carried to the thousands of people that were at the arena here down the street in Atlanta. So, uh, that was, I, I literally went to, to everyone I could. Um, but yeah, those big heavy hitters, a lot of which are still kicking ass today. Um, you know, just completely pulled me in simultaneously in this, you know, in a startup rock band at age 16 or whatever, like that's the goal to do that. Well, you manage that. <laughs> Um, it's things worked out great, but you know, I recognize it. I recognize the combo of combination of, of severe persistence and dedication, as well as fortunate uh, events that can align you with friends that become your bandmates to have to share that same vision. You know, you can't do it alone. So, absolutely, but yeah. So absolutely. far, so good. Track six, favorite song from an artist from your home county. Kind of a, uh, I call them a rock band. I don't know what they would be classified as, as um, you know, like Americana folk rock, but electric guitars. A band called Drive By Truckers. Um, they're uh, they're from here, and uh, my favorite song from them is a is a song called Outfit. Um, lyrically, spot on, charming love song. Um, it's just super catchy. Uh, I would, I would consider as close to the perfect song as there is. Um, but that's a hard question because Atlanta and the state of Georgia has, has pumped out lots of, you know, um, uh, of, of large, of huge bands, um, and lots of music that people from artists and people that call Atlanta or somewhere in Georgia home, Allman Brothers, REM, Black Crows, Otis Redding, B-52s. Um, B-52s, um, Allman Brothers, did I already say that? Um, but yeah, you know, loads of artists. Um, but the one that came to mind uh, first was the song Outfit from Drive-By Truckers. 
it's just a great, you know, three and a half minute. Uh, it just it's great. Go sink your teeth into it. Did you feel like there was a, like growing up in, in in the kind of band scene? Did it feel like a community? Did it feel like everyone was kind of looking out for each other, or was there a kind of healthy sort of competitive nature to it as well? I don't recall any competitiveness, um, but there may have been that I just wasn't aware of. I think, as it should be, um, I felt like we're all in this together. You know, it's 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 not easy to or, or guaranteed to just you know pick up instruments and have any type of success at that. Hmm. So, I've always felt like we're all in the same ship you know we're all sailing the same seas and that's great so we're all kind of teammates so i don't really remember sensing any type of competitive attitude or vibe amongst uh, all the local bands because we were just trying to benefit you know if we could package together these bands and then the show would be better yeah. we realize you can't do it without you you need us we need you so uh so no i don't really recall feeling any competitive nature would, did it make it feel like it was possible when you would look at you know i mean looking at when you was born with the same age troy and and I, and I guess by the time we was like 18 a college rock band like rem had transcended to being one of the biggest bands on the planet you know seeing things like that did that kind of offer some inspiration that look people from where i'm from we can do this and like we can get out there and we can make this happen yeah i definitely recognize that was possible but also i remember uh, knowing the odds, you know, like I know it's tough and it's very, very rare, but, um, you gotta kind of have to lead where your passion wants to take you, you know, and give it, give it that proper shot. Yeah. Okay. Last track, a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. That's another great one. There's a, such a, a vast, a vast, you know, well of, of incredible songs that I would love to share with anybody. If I was able to make a virtual mixtape and share it with anybody that's listening here. But, um, one of my go-tos is an artist, uh, John Prine, who did pass away this year. Um, to me and many others, like a, like a, an Americana folk rock icon, um, who released a multitude of records, um, but the soundtrack of his career to me was a song called Hello in There. And uh, John Prine, his voice was was very unique. His songcraft was was very straightforward and very accessible to the listener. But uh, had this, you know, had the had the quality of and a unique characteristic that just um, just pulled me in and millions of other followers of his. But uh, the song Hello in There is, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's an emotional. Uh, borderline tearjerker you know but lyrics that are just written so well and so clever uh to match the 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 attitude and the vibe of the music itself it's just uh you know i would i would say hello and there's would be in my top 10 songs of all time if i were to to make a list of like like that but uh so yeah hello in there from john prime would be the song Wonderful. that uh most people might not know about that i would like them to hear we do put together a, a mixtape to accompany this podcast. So all of the songs that we've spoken about, all of your choices, uh, we put on a, a Spotify playlist and um, <laughs> to accompany this this podcast. So people can go and listen to uh, all of the tracks that um, that you've spoken about today. Um, nice. Troy, as, as, as um, we hopefully, let's say fingers crossed now, like hopefully find our way out of this bizarre year, um, 
that you know that 2020 has been um what are you looking forward to personally and what have you got coming up professionally oh well like i said earlier i was able to um complete loads and loads of music that was in the works from the various bands that uh, i enjoy being in um so I'm, I'm i guess i'm looking forward to most is having having um these records released into the world Wait. over the next few months um that's always a proud achievement you know when you when you work on a record or music for one two three four five years once it sees the light of day it's that's the end of the end of the marathon you know and and that's a it's a very rewarding and pleasurable moment but uh and then, of, of course, getting out to, to play live shows again, um, because I'm ready to uh, start earning a living again. You yeah. know, uh, I love being at home, but uh, but I'm not really. Unfor- I don't know if it's just me being stubborn as well, but I'm not really thinking much about it. Shows are booked for 2021, but I, I'm not prepared for them to actually happen. So if and when that gets the, the rug pulled out from under, I won't be disappointed um, too badly. Yeah, because I'm kind of expecting it. So, uh, but yeah, like the rest of the world, I think I'm just hoping for some, uh, you know, a quicker, a quick return to uh, regular lives, regular lifestyles, and uh, professionally, just getting getting out in front of people that want to be at shows and playing songs for them. What records coming first? Uh, in a couple of weeks. An album entitled Reluctant Hero from, from my band Kill or Be Killed will be released into the world. Uh, December 4th of this year, a song, or a, a, my band Gone is Gone is releasing a full length that we've been working on for five years. And uh, 2021, we'll see a, a new release from Mastodon that we're working on now. So, um, yeah, I'm personal note i'm I'm proud of all that very much but uh you know okay um troy it's been a pleasure talking records with you um i wish you, you well. all, i wish you all the best uh with with all of the releases and uh and stay safe out there man and and thanks loads for your time today of course okay take care brother thanks man thank you bye-bye there you have it, Troy Saunders. Thank you very much. Uh, thank you lot uh, for listening. Really, really appreciate that. So love all the support um, that you're giving this podcast. Um, should you see it on the socials? If you don't follow us on the socials, then um, you can find us you know, off the beaten track everywhere. And uh, give us a like, a love, a share, a retweet, and, uh, and all that, that stuff that you do on the socials, because it all helps getting the word out there. Um. We do merch as well. There's loads of merch which you can find out about and you can find out all about the the Patreon and everything else that's going on that you need to know about and where you can listen to all the other podcasts on www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'm back next week. Look after each other. Um, Stay safe. Be excellent to each other and uh, much love. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. 
go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year. And they're based in Southend-on-Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music. And they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done is they've given you 15% off. So if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Hey, 